Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? We are back, and uh, our Detroit Lions have left Allen Park, Grifka, and they have headed out to the West Coast. They are out there, and they are practicing with the Oakland Raiders. We've had a few days of practice here, kind of wrapping up, and uh, we're going to be heading into a preseason football game, first one of the year before you know it. So, Grifka, kind of talk me through a little bit about um, do you like that the Lions are making this trip? Do you like that they're practicing with other teams? I know Caldwell did a little bit of that, but um, what do you think of it? And uh, what have you heard kind of with these practices that have just kind of completed here the last day or so? Um, I really like that uh, when teams practice against other teams like that in the preseason. Uh, one, so that way you're just not, you know, banging on the same guys all the time. Uh, you're you're hitting another team. You know, they're going to run. Like, you know, in practice, just running vanilla stuff. But still, you're seeing, like, you know, some other guys out there. Um, you know, other techniques used by defensive ends, you know, that you, you might not face them during the year. But other guys you play against may, you know, like use those same things, you know, either type of punch or type of swim or something like that. So you're not always – you're not always lining up against the same guy. It's like, okay, this this is his two moves. Expect one of the other ones. When you know you get used to that, then you go play play against somebody else or practicing somebody else. They do something totally different. So I really like when teams do that. And um, it seems like the last couple of years the lines have really started to do that. And I know what Caldwell did that. But it's nice to see that you know Matt Patton's first year. You know, it's like he you know he got into it. You know, and said, hey, let's go. Yeah, I don't know if it was him or if it was a. Uh, you know, upper management ultimately decides it's like, hey, let's just go practice against somebody else. But especially, you know, with it being, you know, West Coast game, go out there, get your body adjusted to the time zone. I know Friday night when the game starts here in Michigan, it's going to be 1030. So it's it's nice that uh, your team's going to be uh, at least adjusted to the time zone because I think we all remember when uh, that one year Rod Marinelli, they had, the, they had the night game out in <laughs> Oakland and he flew them out that morning. And then after they yeah. flew right back, it's just like, Oh, okay. I'm so glad it's like you're going to, you know, Meyer to pick up something. We're just gonna go go there and come back like it's some sort of business trip. Like you're costing you gotta, lions money. So you gotta uh, sharpen your gotta sharpen your shovel, Grifka. That's what that's what Captain Rod was all about. His will yeah. was outstanding. Yeah, you know, keep digging, looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, um, what a what a what a buffoon. Yeah. But I, I like this. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's just a matter of you always hear like you know the guys you know guys on teams like oh it's always nice to hit somebody else but if they're stoked to do it I mean it has to be a good thing that's kind of the way I look at it yeah here's my thought man like I was thinking you might do this but I guess I'll have to turn back the clock a little bit um you know you can later in the podcast work in what Ronnie Lott um Reggie White make sure you get those guys in but I want to turn the clock back around to like the 2000s the million days and um, that whole like 2002 and on until recently with Caldwell, we never, not only did we never practice with anybody against anybody, we, once they stopped going to Saginaw Valley, 
they remember those years like they never let the media in they never even invited i think there was a few years where they never even had an open practice to the public so it feels like again going back to the lions country club where they were in their own little bubble they didn't compete against anybody they didn't have any ball players and now i feel like we're ramping up the competitive level by bringing in teams going to visit teams and as you said there's nothing but good you can get out of going and ramping up that competitive level, putting your guys in an awkward spot and having them compete against a guy that not only doesn't play for their team, but as you said, doesn't, hasn't practiced against them maybe ever before. And uh, you'll really see a little bit of what you're made of. So I, I love it from all aspects, especially the Lions going somewhere else. I feel like even when Caldwell did it, didn't most teams – uh, oh no, we went to Pittsburgh, so that was kind of a good test. But I think just going out way out to Oakland and John Gruden, you know what I mean? He's a different bird, so just you never know what he might throw at you. I love it from all angles, and what I've been hearing through the media and whatnot is that you're seeing some different things. Like I guess at home here in Allen Park, you know, Ragnow and the O line is just looking great because we know that D-line depth on our side of the ball isn't really where we love it, but they go out to Oakland. I hear they're getting worked a little bit. Like Frankie Ragnow had a few struggles and the old line itself just wasn't looking as good. So those are the kind of things you get to see, I think, when you're breaking it up and when you're going against somebody that's not on your your team, doesn't know your plays, all that type of stuff. And anytime you get against another team and another environment, especially I've been hearing that the Raider fans, you know, they're ridiculous. They're out there yakking and carrying on left and right. You know, anytime somebody's making noise that gets these players excited. So I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. To, uh, you know, kind of go along with what you're saying about, you know, how the teams are practicing against each other, you know, just reading a couple of things. It's just, uh, I read somewhere that, you know, Slay was kind of challenging, you know, Carr, you know, to it's just like, you know, hey, throw my way, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be sticky on your wide receivers. So, so you know, oh, yeah. you know, that's good for Slay, you know, I mean, he's, he faces, a, you know, a lot of, a, you know, Aaron Rodgers is in our, you know, division, you know, you know, everybody's like Minnesota and Kirk Cousins and, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is supposed to be on the rise. So, you know, Carr, you know, Carr's a good quarterback, you know, he's probably, you know, I'd call him at least, you know, at least top 12 you know, in the league, you know, so our defensive backfield and stuff like that, seeing somebody who's, who's that good in, uh, in camp other than, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, was, I, I think that'll help them a lot. So it's nice that Slay, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of him, you know, always touted about him. So uh, it's nice that he's, you know, hyped to go out there and do that. And, um, you know, I was also reading that it seemed like, I don't know if Patricia's having him do this or, if, you know, with generally these practices, you're not going, you know, 100%. But from what I've been reading and hearing, actually, that the lines have been a little more the the aggressors overall, you know, with play calling and on defense, you know, you know stuff like that. So that, um, you know, I don't know, like if Matt Pat's like, you know, hey, run at eighty percent as opposed to fifty. I don't know, but it's nice to hear that they're being a little aggressive, especially you know, you know, going out to somebody else's backyard and practicing against them, like you said, with the fans out there yapping, you know, hooting and hollering, that they're you know trying to at least you know you know. Quiet him down, you know, by being a little more the aggressor. Oh, definitely. And like one thing I heard is that, um, you know, day one, I think we had three or four picks, one or two from Slay, Shed got in there, um, Tease had a pick, and uh, I guess Slay was straight up yakking at the fans. And then the next day, I guess, you know, Slay got beat a couple times, and, and Nevin Lawson was really yakking at the fans. So, to me, some of these reports you hear about a guy struggling or a guy, you know, not doing well, 
I mean, it's football. When you go up against somebody, you're going to get whooped, and hopefully you're going to whoop some people. Like, it's going to happen. So I'm not one to make a huge about a couple reports here or there. What you really like to hear is overall, you know, is this guy trending up? Is he, you know, doing well when he should be, that type of thing? But I've heard the same thing you said where um, there were reports coming out that, that we looked better in team periods. We looked more organized. We looked sharper across the board. And that's encouraging just because of the new staff and because, you know, you do have some young talent across the board. I was reading a report just recently that the Lions ranked 15th overall in the NFL when it comes to when they kind of look at and rank your players that are 25 and younger. So we're right in the middle, if not the upper half of the pack when it comes to young talent on this football team. So I think that's encouraging and new coach and a young team that can go out in this different environment and look good. That's a good thing. The other thing I want to throw out is I know a report came out that Stafford, you know, had a few great balls to uh, Marvin again. Marv seems to really be doing great. But the other thing I don't like to hear is Stafford missing on some wide open deep balls or, you know, looking okay, but not real crisp when it comes to some of these team oriented things. I want to hear those reports that he's just, the ball's not touching the ground and this guy is, is sharp or how frustrating is it Grifco on those Sunday games when a guy runs free and Stafford cuts it loose and the ball's overthrown. He puts his hands on his helmet. Like, I know he's going to hit and miss, but I want him to make those throws. I feel like Peyton Manning here. Here, I'll turn back the clock and give you some classic names. Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. These guys, they didn't miss open receivers, man. They just didn't, you know. They're putting the ball where it needs to be. And, I mean, this isn't an indictment to him, but I just don't want to hear many reports where he's missing wide open guys or not looking sharp, especially in practice. Like, Yeah, I would agree. Know, I would agree with you on that because – I mean, I hate to say it, but the guys who do that, Aaron Rodgers, always. It's like if I get, one of his wide receivers breaks for, you know, 30 yards downfield, 40 yards downfield, it seems like the ball's ending up right in their hands. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I hate that. And like you said, it's just like, oh, this guy's, you know, oh, he's by, he's by the defensive backs. Oh, he overthrew him by 10 yards. It's just like, come on, man. You know, that, you're, you're right. That's, that's scoring right there. And that's what, that's what we're missing. And then it's those big plays that, you know, can kill the defense, take a lot of the wind out of them. And it just seems like, I hate to say it, it just seems like that's what Aaron Rodgers does. It's just like – And the report – It's like – go ahead. Sorry. And then the report I read was like Marvin breaks away deep, nobody like in the pitcher, and he just just overthrows him. Or th- you know how Stafford sometimes will will cut it loose and throw it, and it's, it's either too hard or it's um, – you know, two, three, five yards overthrown. I mean, I feel like that was okay in your first two years. Now you're nine, 10. I mean, anytime a guy's breaking loose, if anything, underthrow the guy so he can make a play because I'm so tired of that rocket ball going over. Cause I remember last year, a few times, you know, kind of they'll run that ball where the, the receiver will kind of find that hole between the corner and the safety along the sideline. And every once in a while, Stafford will throw a money ball that looks incredible. But there's been too many times, I feel like, where he burns that either too far to the sideline or too long and misses a guy. And we just can't have it anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, especially in a league where points are a premium. And um, especially, you know, with that defense, you know, once again, learning the new scheme and new system, Lions are going to have to score points again this year until uh, that defense gets on track. So if, you know, early in the year – you can't miss shots against that, especially with uh, who the lines got coming uh, coming up early in their schedule. 
And it reminds me, Grifka, of <laughs> way back in the day, we're at a preseason game, I believe it was. Remind me if it was regular season, but I think it was against the Packers. And somebody behind us is just yakking that, like, we're our guys can't cover their receivers. Oh, yeah, that, our, was, that, our, was, that was a regular season game against the Packers. Our corners kept falling down. And so this, yeah, this no guy behind us keeps yelling. And you nobody just stand can up keep and up. go, Nobody can keep up with Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings, so awesome. Greg Jennings, nobody can keep can't, – guys can't – I'm like, the guy fell down. See? And then the next play was it was a couple <laughs> plays later. They tried it again, and um, I can't remember who was covering, but they picked it off. I go, yeah, nobody can keep up with him. Nobody can keep up with him. Yeah. I just remember you turn around going, he fell down. He yeah. fell down. Like like when a player – us, we got to make him pay. And sometimes I feel yeah. like we just let him get away. So Matt Stafford, you know, overall has – there's been good things come with camp. He, he always does look really in command of everything. I know I heard him talking – recently and he said he really has a great handle on the offense he loves all the checks and things he can do at the line of scrimmage he he thinks he's got that mastered those are all good things but man if a guy breaks free or if i'm hearing reports that marvin jones is killing people then he needs to be getting the footballs where he can run with it another thing i want to hit on is i heard an interview with marvin and golden and uh, Marv said his big thing this year is to work on yak. He wants to catch and run, which I don't think I've seen a ton from him. So I'm curious to see if we can get him the ball, not only in space, but another one of my beasts. And I'm a huge Matt Stafford fan. It feels like I'm bagging on him right now. But I remember I always used to say with Calvin and whatnot that anytime he made a catch, he was either falling to the ground, jumping, you know, not like a perfect ball in his hand so he could get it and go. And so I want to see if Stafford can get the ball to a guy like Marvin Jones and see if he has that yak run after catch ability. Um, he does get it to Golden Tate, but I feel like even Golden Tate's yak is more bubble screen or little five-yard stick, and then he just does the rest. It's not that slant route where you hit a guy right in stride and go. So do you think Marv's got that ability to be able to be a yak guy, or is he just an over-the-top red zone type guy? I think it's the routes that Marvin runs. I mean, a lot. I'm not saying all he does is run nine routes, but I don't know if the routes he runs in his tree allows him to to be able to. I mean, it'd be nice, but like you said, I mean, those are those are going to have to be ones where Stafford leads him into the into those yards. He can't be, you know, it, it can't be like a stop and then go. I mean, where Marvin doesn't have the quickness of Golden Tate to where it seems like Golden Tate, you know. Is um can like kind of stop on a dime, make guys miss, break tackles that way. That's where he gets his yak because he's running everything over the middle. Um, but Marvin, a lot of his routes are like the post and the go routes and, and the flag routes. You know, he's not running those stop routes. You know, to you know to get the ball, you know, quick and then go. So he's gonna have. To, I think Stafford's gonna have to lead him into like when he's running a post or a flag or even you know a nine route, something like that, because that just seems like that's what Marvin runs. Um. It's nice that he wants to do that. Maybe uh, the offense is changing a little bit for him to give him the opportunity, but I don't want Marvin Jones running a bunch of routes over the middle just so he can get a whole bunch of yak afterwards. That's not what I want to see out of him. I don't. I don't think that's his game. So if I don't want to try to force a you know square peg into a round hole with that, but um, yeah. it's it's nice that he wants to do that. It's nice that he wants to work on something. He obviously realizes he can get better at something, and that's what he wants to do. But I think part of that comes from the routes that he runs and having Stafford lead him into the yards after the catch because making him stop for, for the routes that he runs, um, I don't think he's quick enough to have – he doesn't have those juke moves like uh, Golden Tate does to be able to you know make a guy miss or break a tackle that way. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we've seen it from him. I think he called it being quarterback friendly where he said he wanted to come back for the football a little bit more, catch it in stride and go. Um, you know, he's, he is athletic and super slender and has some decent speed. And so I think he could catch balls in stride and run. He just hasn't done it. Um, but, you know, I, like you said, I like, too, that he's just looking at himself and critiquing and saying, hey, maybe I can add this to my game. Um, you know, Tate was just kind of ready to rock and roll. Seemed like he knows what he does and is ready to do it again. Um, let's talk some defense, Grifka, with them out in Oakland. Uh, you know, I heard that, you know, we had some struggles uh, covering the tight end, which, you know, get the old bit siren out about that. I mean, I just feel like we've never been able to cover tight ends. And it got talked about again that Jared Cook was just killing us and a few of their other bums over there in Oakland were working the middle of the field on us. So um, talk to me a little bit about the defense, what you're hearing, and then uh, what you're expecting. And we'll do a little preview of Friday as well as we kind of get towards the end of the show. But uh, talk some defense with me, uh, with them out in Oakland. Yeah, I, I heard that same thing, that once again, the tight ends were having trouble with that. Like you said, it always seems like we always uh... – have trouble with that no matter who it is. It could be, you know, Venus DeMilo out there with no arms and they're still going to get, you know, like, you know, 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns, you know, playing tight end. Um, still other things I've read, though, once again, they're trying to be a little more aggressive on defense. They're running a few uh, – um, read, um, read that they're uh, running a few uh, not real high, you know, blitz packages, but, you know, trying to bring a little more pressure, you know, um, and they are running those multitude packages. Um, I saw, was it uh, the first uh, – the first known uh, starting lineup or whatever the the depth chart they they did they were running that four three but they are doing some of that three four as well out there not as much but I think you know they're probably going to try to use that four three as their base um, so it's nice to see that they're switching some stuff like I said trying to be aggressive I know on other podcasts um one we recently had I talked about Anthony Zettel and I read that he uh you know gotten uh, he started a a kind of a, a fracas. You know, with Oakland, with um, the Oakland offensive line, I know teams don't like to do that, but it does show a little heart. And I know uh, that uh, once again, I know we talked about this. That'll be in a high energy guy, so it's nice to see that he's you know trying to be aggressive as possible out there. And um, you know, just once again, you know, as long as the DBs you know hold up against you know Oakland's got some decent wide receivers and uh, Carr's a good quarterback that uh, you know as long as they hold up, you know, like like you had mentioned before, we've been, you know there's been some picks and you know Slay and you know, Nevin Lawson, you know, you know, doing a little chirping with the fans. That's never a bad thing. Um, once again, just I would like to see, especially if teams know that you know, they can burn you with a tight end. It's I, I, I get so infuriated when I'm watching the games on Sunday and you hear all these no-name guys just go off. I mean, we're not talking Rob Gronkowski, Tony Gonzalez, you know, Mark Bavaro or anybody like that. You're, you're, looking, you're looking for somebody, you know, to actually, you know, you know it's like, what is Ed Dixon doing with 175 yards and two touchdowns? I mean, that made it. He got a big contract thanks to, thanks to the Detroit Lions. It just always seems like some no-name tight end just goes off, and you know. And then when we do face a good tight end, you know, a Greg Olson or something like that, that guy just makes us look sorry. So it'd be nice to have a linebacker, a DB, or somebody be able to cover those guys for a change. Now, Grifka, you totally delivered there because I thought you were going to end a few minutes earlier, and I was going to say I teed you up so big to talk about Tony Gonzalez, Bubba Franks, Mark Chimura, uh, all the classics, and you totally hit on all of them almost that I was thinking of. That was tremendous. Uh, So to end that, let's hit the other Grifka uh, total gimmick line, which is 
Could the Lions be better against the tight ends? <laughs> Could they? Yes. Will they? Gosh, I really want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I sure hope so. But so hopefully I was, that won't well, be a Grifkaism that we say later, well, which is let's, that they let's put it should this be, way. but they're not. When I was on vacation, I was you know seeing I was, saw a couple of buddies who are big Lions fans as well, and we got in a discussion about it. And Did you get him to subscribe, by the way? No, actually, for some odd reason, it didn't come up. But you know, I, I'll, I, I'm seeing these guys next week, actually. So I'll do. Grifka, I'll you got to promote. Well. Got to oh. promote the podcast. It, come on. Well, the Lions conversation came up organically. To be honest with you, we just didn't start talking <laughs> about it. it. Just it, it just came about, and both of them they said the tagline that just infuriates me, and why I always say the Lions get no respect because their fans don't give them respect. They, they they're both like, it's the Lions. That's what it ultimately uh. came down to, and I hate it. And I, you know me, you know I always have my little conspiracy theories about how the Lions never get any calls, and other teams get calls. But when their fans don't, when, when Lions like, fans don't like, hype up and say like, like what other, like what other team, Griff could just do that one for the people because that's oh, always oh, classic. Oh, we already talked about it. We're, uh, we're talking the Packers here. <laughs> we're talking the Patriots. We're talking the Steelers, Cowboys, Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys right there. You know. NFL Network's been hanging out in Oxnard like every day. I mean, I'm just like they're like NFL training camp live, but it's like here we are in Oxnard. Here we are. Yeah, we know the Cowboys have training camps. So do like 30 other teams. It's like you know, go see. I don't care if you go out to like you know some high school out there. Go out to you know De La Salle or something, or you know up in Concord, or you know go to Matter Day down in Santa Barbara. You know, those are two top 25 high school football teams. I'd rather watch that as opposed to watching Dak. Oh, let's have another interview with Dak Prescott. Yeah, congratulations NFL Network. Yeah. Yeah, it makes us wonder why the Cowboys get calls. Anyways, enough. Oh, I, I knew, I knew that would, I knew that would spark a fire. That's always tremendous. Right, but anyways, but if I, I think there's plenty of Lions fans that are just like, it's the Lions, and they don't shout from the rooftop saying, how come we don't get those calls either? And like, because you know, NFL's like, well, you guys are the Lions, and when fans are just like, ultimately, come, well, it's the Lions. Yeah, it, that it's just something that just gnaws at me you know, about it, and so when. When we think like you know the Lions going to cover tight ends this year, probably not because it's the Lions. You know, even though you know I I, I hate it. it, it it eats at me. But I think part of it is like I said, the Lions don't get no respect. One because NFL thinks well it's the Lions, and when you have fans just going, well you know they're the Lions, been watching it for years. You know, at some point, you know, it, it's got to change where somebody needs to you know they have to you know shout from the rooftops and say like, hey, we're we're here too. You know, we deserve some respect. We're just not cannon fodder. There, I said it for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, the other thing I want to say on that is, uh, like, I was just talking to somebody about that the other day, too. And what I start getting the rep now, because we are, me and you and others, we are Kool-Aid drinkers. And I've been real positive the last, you know, decade where they haven't been winning at the level that we'd want them to. So people are like, oh, you always just think they're going to be good or whatever. But, like, I was thinking the other day that, there's so many pieces in place right now, both from offense, even some some really core pieces on D, a young coach that really seems to be different than the others. I was thinking the other day, like, what if this is the start to a good, you know, five, ten year run where this is a really hard team to deal with in the NFL? You know, it, we've never been that. And I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, Oh, you know, like you just said, it's the Lions or they're never good. And my thing every year has been, who who are we to live in the past where we just determine everything based on what happened yesterday? Like, 
you're never going to live or you're never going to succeed living like that. Yes, there's some lessons to be learned from the past. Yes, you can take your past and, and kind of evaluate it and make some changes and be better in the future. But if you just assume every day is terrible because yesterday was terrible, you're never going to go anywhere. So I was telling somebody like, just because they haven't been good, doesn't mean they won't be good. And they just laughed, you know, and I was just thinking these people don't get it that you have to really evaluate the pieces, you know, what is coming up rather than look at the past 50 years. So I'm, I'm super excited. I think that, you know, we're, we're trying to get this uh, podcast rolling and have a bunch of fun with this football team. And I hope it's just a crazy ride the next five, 10 years, man. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Definitely. I'm with you on that. It's just like, you know, at some point, you know, law of averages says they have to get better at some point. They have to, like, win a playoff game. They have to make a deep run in the playoffs, you know, something like that. I've done a, I've done a few random shout outs here on the podcast to other Lions podcasts or other people that I like listening to. So shout out to Freddie the Pizza Man, who was always on uh, um Matt Derry's podcast, Locked On Lions. Uh, he's got a new T-shirt, Griffka, and it's the SOL shirt, but it's Stafford's our leader instead <laughs> of the old SOL that everybody says. So shout out to him for being positive and for kind of uh, trying to put a spin on it and tired of hearing that same SOL BS that we've been hearing for years. So uh, Griffka, let's bring it back real quick. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about the Lions out against the Raiders. Again, it's just practice. It's just a few team practices. So we, we, we've hit on a few things. Uh, there was one other thing I want to hit on with you with that, but I do want to transition into the game. So one thing we sort of brought up before about this Miles Killebrew playing linebacker, you know, we've got Diggs back there listed as the starting uh, strong safety with, with GQ as the free safety. Um, how do you think, again, just from a global perspective, talk about some of the things you're seeing or like, do you think this defense is coming together or is there a good chance that by week three or four, we're going to be saying, Oh man, this defense, it really is, you know, lower tier defense. And we just didn't want to admit it. I think it's coming together, but I'm still, I still have my reservations about our linebacking core. I realize we got a couple new starters back there. And, um, you know, was it Davis in the second year? So I, I think See, we'll be, I think we'll I think we'll ultimately be okay, you know, with the D line and the, especially the defensive backfield. To be honest with you, I think our defensive backfield is maybe I'm I'm talking like a fraction of a step below the Minnesota defensive backfield in, in the division. I mean, but I think our defensive backfield can be real close if not on on par with the Minnesota with the Minnesota defensive backfield. I'm just I'm just worried about our linebackers. Like you said, like we had mentioned before covering the tight ends. It's a new scheme, it's two new guys. And for as much as everybody says, you know, an old line needs to gel together. I, I really think a I really think a linebacking group needs to needs to gel together. You know, you always you know I, I know a long time ago I remember when the Lions signed Larry Foote off Pittsburgh and Larry Foote was doing really well in Pittsburgh and they signed him. It's like, Oh great, man. Great. We got a linebacker. And then you start reading stuff and seeing stuff. It's like, he was kind of out there freelance and doing his own thing. I mean, then all you're doing is leaving other guys hanging out to dry. If you're just trying to do your own thing. So that's for as much as they say an all line needs to, you know, you know, be together. I really think a linebacking core, especially on the defense needs to be together, you know, cause a lot of times D lines, it's like, okay, you guys go get the quarterback. You guys, you guys run these gaps, you know, take up, take up these two guys. So linebackers can make plays and that's what they do. But, um, 
you know, your linebackers are the ones reading the play sideline to sideline, you know, you know, watching for the draw, watching for the play action, you know, as, as, as your defensive backs are, you know, the corners are really locked on the wide receivers and, you know, the um, strong safeties up there, you know, once again, trying to kind of read it as well as your free safeties back there, you know, kind of just patrolling, make sure nothing gets behind them. So that's where I'm kind of worried about that. I, that I'm really hesitant. You know, it's nice that we got Kennard and Christian Jones and, you know, I know we talked about, you know, Jalen Reeves may been, and they're trying to, you know, maybe, you know, get, you know, Killebrew on the field and Davis second year, we figured he's taken, you know, his work ethic as, you know, outstanding, you know, but that's, that's the one part of the defense I'm worried about. Hmm. See, that's funny you say that because like as much as I've talked in the past about wanting to see our O-line running backs and whatnot, like to me, the, the linebacker is not only the most interesting, but to me, I think one of maybe the most improved areas of the team, just from a size perspective an ability to fit the scheme, you know, an ability maybe to get after the quarterback from a blitzing uh, perspective in games. So I think that uh, I'm really excited about him. I, I like your point about gelling that, Sometimes you only think, well, the O-line has to work together and maybe the back end. But I agree with you, the the linebackers need to be a unit. But I'm excited because we've got new blood there. And I I don't know, I probably shouldn't be that excited about Killebrew getting a shot there. But when I look at his size and some of the things I've seen in the first couple of years where he's not as good in coverage, but he, he is a pretty decent thumper and he has enough speed because he's played safety and in college and different areas that I think on the outside, he might be kind of an intriguing prospect, not, not a, a guy you're seeing out a nice depth player. If he could find a role for himself or if they could call him a linebacker, but maybe he's just a crazy blitzer. He's a guy that when we know a run game is coming, he's basically an outside linebacker, but all he's doing is coming up to kill the run game. I think that'll be interesting to watch as well as how do they use Kennard? Is he going to be flying off the edge or is, does he drop? I have really no idea. I've never seen this guy other than a couple plays when I was watching a giant game against the lions and I noticed him. Um, so that'd be exciting. Uh, I guess what I'm excited about, and this kind of leads us into the game itself on Friday. Again, it's preseason, so we don't expect to see much, but I just can't wait to see the defense, see maybe if they draw up anything unique, you know, that kind of catches my eye. And, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the DBs and safeties, but I'm just curious to see if we do have a lot better coverage because I feel like they're getting this pass where, oh, our, our DBs and safeties are so much better. I feel like for the last five, ten years, we haven't been able to cover anybody. So, Preseason or not, I'd love to see us come out, get some deflections, maybe get a pick early and uh, show that, yeah, it's going to be hard to pass on the Lions this year. Yeah, that's what um, I'm hoping to see, too. Um, I don't know if they'll really draw up anything special. I mean, I'm expecting to see just a lot of vanilla, vanilla stuff, maybe just some basic blitzes, you know, stuff that they, you know, maybe have run. I don't want to say run in the past because it's a different, it's a different scheme, but you know, just your basic blitz blitzes, nothing, nothing to, Oh, you know, put anything on tape for teams that we play against this year, you know, anything really new. Um, I, I'm thinking maybe the offensive line may play a tiny bit longer. Yeah, maybe I'm not saying maybe, maybe a quarter just because those guys, you know, I realize, you know, Wagner and Lang and Glasgow were here last year and Decker played half the year, but I think those guys really need to be, you know, one cohesive unit for this team to be successful. So I I think those guys may play a little longer. They may play a little longer each preseason game, you know, first couple and then into the third where, you know, they play into the third quarter. Um, 
so I'm th- I'm I'm hoping that kind of happens because I really want this offensive line to gel, and because um, that that can only help the running game and um, you know keeping our quarterbacks upright. So it might be one of those things like you know come if they're still in there halfway in the first quarter, you know they look dominating because they're playing against a bunch of third stringers, you know from Oakland. But you know at that point maybe it's just a little confidence boost and you know just getting technique down, you know calling out defenses. You know, you know, Graham Glasgow's calling out the defense what to look for, you know, as the yeah. center. So um, that's that's what I'm hoping happens. I'm hoping it's, you know, you know, not like one of those things where they're out there with the first drive with Matt Stafford, then they're pulled, and then, you know, we're seeing, you know, Crosby and, you know, you know, Mahalik or those other guys that we're always talking about, you know, you know, Robinson or whatever, you know, just, you know, Wesley Johnson, you know. Because, yeah, we know those guys. You know, yeah, they need work, and there'll be plenty of other times. But I really want the offensive line to, you know, get a, get a lot of reps, um, just to, you know, get that cohesive unit trying to get that going together. Yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, throwing it back to you real quick. Give me some quick hitting names on people that you think might either jump off the page or somebody that you're going to be queuing on uh, come Friday night first preseason game. Um. Probably, like I said, I know I mentioned before, we're not going to see the guys a whole lot. But once again, that inside slot guy, I'd really want to see Jace Billingsley. You know, see what he can do because I think this is his last hurrah. Um, to be honest with Amir Abdullah, I mean, I think that guy's going to have to get some reps because they're not going to play blunt a whole lot. I can't see him playing Carrion Johnson an awful lot. And obviously, Theo Riddick's not going to touch the ball a lot. We know, we, we know what Theo Riddick can do. We know what LeGarrette Blunt can do. But if this is the last hurrah for Amir Abdullah, I think he's probably going to get a whole lot of a whole lot of time. So I really would like to see him um, as well. On defense, um, uh, I can't remember. I think Desha- Deshaun Hand. I, I would like to see him. You know, maybe either you know bump up to D end or what can he do at D tackle. I, I would really mm-hmm. like to see him. You know, as a, as a draft pick, see what he can do. Um, I don't think the linebacking crew is going to play very long, so I'm not too worried about their backups. Um, Jalen Reeves, Mabin. I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see him. I've, I, once again, that guy's fast. He can go sideline to sideline, make a lot of tackles. I, he's not going to be a starter, but. He's he's a guy I'm kind of pulling for. I really want him to see. I really want to want him to do well. And then the other rookie in the defensive backfield, um, was it um, was it Tracy Walker? Um, I I want to see what the plan is for that guy. I mean, like you said, we had Quandre Diggs back there. We have Tavon Wilson back there. We had uh, Miles Killebrew back there. Um, I I really want to kind of see what they're planning to do with that guy. Um, so I expect to see him a lot on the field too. Um. Not you know I know Tease Tabor's um you know he's listed as a backup right now so he's gonna get some playing time but I I I think I know we've seen enough of his game it's just a matter of like I think Nevin Lawson right now is is listed as a starter because he gets you know he's been there a little longer you know the experience wise right there so those are the few guys I would I really wanna kind of watch on Friday night to see see what they can bring to the table who are you thinking about you know wanting to see. Yeah, man, you you hit on a lot of great names right there. Um, I think there's a couple names that really stand out to me. Um, You know, I I really would like this hype train to continue for Kenny Galladay. I'd love to see him either get out there in some three-receiver sets or get some time there once the Tate and Marv kind of go and really make a few splash plays that let people know he's he's here and going to make a jump here in year two. The other name that was top of my list, you hit on him, I can't wait to see Tracy Walker, man. Again, I didn't know much of anything about him really through the draft process. 
this pick surprised me, but all I needed to see was that shot inside the war room where these guys were just hooting and hollering about Tracy Walker. So I want to see how he moves. I want to see if he can make any plays, especially if he's playing against other, you know, players of his ilk or guys lower tier. You'd hope he'd stand out a little bit. And uh, all those kind of second, third-year guys where you're either wondering – you know, are they going to go or are, have they made a jump? So you hit on Amir. He, he's always fun to watch. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You get a shake and bake here or there where people get excited about him again. I'd love to see him more in the pass game if they could throw him the football in the second half or something so I can see him catch and run. That'd be nice. And uh, I don't know, just some of those defenders I really like you hit on in hand. I don't know what we have totally in him. And then uh, is anybody going to surprise us from a rush perspective, either from defensive tackle or from the edges? I mean, I love a guy to jump out there. Alex Barrett's a name that jumps to mind. I think I heard he was the backup defensive end, so he might have made some strides. He's got some kind of crazy athleticism. And then these uh, these linebackers, we already talked about them, but I think uh, you know some of those backup type guys or see where people fit, move people around, I think is going to be interesting. So uh, the biggest thing for me, again, first preseason game, come out healthy. I'd love to see the offense maybe just have one drive, go down and, and get a touchdown. You know, sometimes they go down look good and then they stall out for a field goal or, or go three and out. That's always disconcerting when you get all excited about everything. But have the offense come out, look sharp, get them out of there. And then just uh, – I like winning in the preseason. I know it probably doesn't mean much, but I kind of like putting up W's and, and walking away with a, a good played game by all your backups and your, your depth guys. That always makes me feel like gives them a little mojo and uh, is excited. So I love to go in and slap around John Gruden a little bit, come out with a W, and head back to Detroit. Yeah, that would uh, that would uh, definitely put a nice you know taste in the guy's mouth and that long flight back from Oakland, and uh, but like you said, preseason you know I always hate it like when watching preseason games earlier and so like and our first teams are in there and they're playing their first teams and their first teams are just kicking the crap out of us and then like all of a sudden mm-hmm. we come back and win with like Drew Stanton you know it's like, yep. it's like oh congratulations our crappy guys are better than your crappy guys and like even yep. though those crappy guys are gonna not gonna play or not even gonna be on the team so those ones like that just always bug me it's like yeah it's nice they, they you know your crappy guys can go out and win a game but like you said nothing's worse than you get in the first preseason game and your team goes out there and goes three and out it's like okay there's your shot okay let's bring in you know Matt Castle and you know all the other guys so like you said yeah at least some sort of drive I you know if even if it stalls out down by the 20, I would like to see him, you know, if that happens, you know, get aggressive. It's the preseason, you know, even it's like, okay, it's fourth and eight and you're at your 20 yard line. Well, let's take the points. Yeah. We know, we know Prater's going to make that run a play, you know, do something, go for it. Who cares, man? It's preseason at this point, you know, do, you're not going to get fired over a preseason game. Plus, you know, Matt, Pat, it's your first year. You got a little bit of a leash, do something with it. Yeah, man, good stuff. I'm expecting Gruden to pull up a couple of, you know, jokers out of his sleeve, too. He seems like a guy that will just, you know, he knows the spotlight will be on him. He'll want to, like, out-coach, you know, the other side or make, you know, himself look good. So I expect some crazy stuff coming from Oakland. And the biggest thing is to get out healthy, man. I don't feel like we've had any big injuries yet. Cross our fingers, knock on wood. And I think that if we can just get out of this, not only looking decently sharp, but for the most part, Stay healthy and be ready to rock and roll. Come Monday Night Football when me and you will be in the building. That's exciting. Grifka, I think that'll wrap us up, man. Um, Everybody out there, I want to tell you that there's a couple ways you can reach out to us now. 
Um, you can reach out to us via email, send us some feedback, send us some questions, send us some things you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, you can hit us up at DET Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, all one word. So DET Kool-Aid at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. We're just kind of getting that uh, rolling as a, as a way for people to reach out to us. Detroit underscore Kool-Aid on Twitter. And then uh, we'd love for you to reach out to us via Anchor. Um, we have uh, Anchor Podcast where you can get on there and leave us a voicemail or maybe a message uh, on there if you'd like to do so. And uh, we're just trying to find other ways that maybe we can reach out and connect with the people. So um, that'll be good. And Grifka, I know I've been talking to you a little bit, but I haven't given you the whole thing. We're going to keep it under wraps a little bit. But we are kind of excited that uh, we will be out tailgating probably the whole day for that Monday night game. And it's looking like we're, uh, we may be pouring some blue Kool-Aid out there for those select few folks that maybe um, swing by and see us. We may have a few promo or a few things to put in your hand and um, would love to chat with some of the people that have maybe listened to us or have just walking by and see the Kool-Aid sign that we're hoping to have out there. So we're still working on some things, but man, we're excited to be out there and enjoy a day and get ready for the Monday night opener and uh, hopefully connect with some of you Kool-Aid drinkers out there. So more to come on that. We'll kind of give you some details where we're going to be and look for our signs or for that big blue jug of Kool-Aid that we're hoping to have out there uh, before the Monday night game. But Grifka, in a couple days, we will have, uh, or here in a day or so, we're going to have football, and we're excited about it. So everybody, we will probably catch you after this preseason game with a little review. We'll kind of talk through where this team's headed, what we saw, what we liked. But keep your eye on your favorite podcast app for some Detroit Kool-Aid. So, Grifka, we're going to get out of here, man. Everybody, drink it in. We'll talk to you soon. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in. <laughs>